0: Hey friend, thanks so much for meeting me here at Frothy Monkey in beautiful downtown Franklin, Tennessee. It's a great place to get a good cup of joe and share together in some good conversation. Anyway, be looking at the menu. I know you're new here. Decide what you want. Text it to me. I'm going to go ahead and get in line and place our order. Hey, you're listening to Guat. Rocks, God, the world and other things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission is always advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. This is episode 93, title, Minimalism Revisited. The subtitle, Shallow Tent Pegs, Living Championed Lives of Freedom, Independence, and Excellence. I've got a question for you, my friend. How much does it take for you to be really happy? I started on a journey of self-evaluation of my relationship to material possessions several years ago. I am still in the middle of that self-evaluation process. I really think the evaluation process will be a lifelong experience. There were two key events in my life that started me down this path. The first thing that happened is I stumbled across the documentary, Minimalism, a documentary about the important things by Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. It was released direct to Netflix in 2016. The documentary is life-changing. It began to set the wheels in motion in my mind to look at my life critically in the area of my relationship to things. For someone outside looking into my life, you would not see an excessive amount of things. That's not the point. Milburn and Nicodemus, who refer to themselves as the minimalists, define minimalism as a lifestyle that helps people question what things add value to their lives. By clearing the clutter from life's path, We can all make room for the most important aspects of life, health, relationships, passion, growth, and contribution. The minimalists have a plethora of podcasts and videos that all focus on that one thing, minimalism. I don't vouch for everything they produce. As with anything, you have to have a mind of discretion as you make your way through anyone's teachings. If we cut off every person who has a messed up life, or says the wrong thing at times, we would have to cut off the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul, and many other authors of the books of the Bible. In other words, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The reason why I say this right up front is because I stopped listening to these guys for an extended period of time because an increasing number of their guests used offensive language to the hilt. But the other day, I checked out one of their recent videos. As I listened to those two guys talk, I thought to myself, these guys are sharp, both of them. Their successful rise to prominence came through real life-changing events. In the documentary, they share their backgrounds. These guys have paid their dues. They have helped a lot of people live better qualities of lives. But they didn't just happen by accident. Their prominence, built on relevant content that speaks to the masses, plus savvy marketing through all avenues of access for promotion, have made them a household name. I'll have a link to their website and YouTube channel in the show notes. The second thing that happened is my wife and I sold our home in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex in May of 2018 and moved to Nashville, Tennessee. We started the prep to sell our house in January of 2018, though our main house was micro by today's standards, just a little under 1,400 square feet. We had a detached 900 square foot garage, which was a key part of our living space. The garage faced a side street, which gave us easy access to it. It was so large that we could park two full-size cars in it, store all the yard equipment, a full workshop, an extra refrigerator, and a chest deep freeze, four sets of large seven-foot tall double-doored storage cabinets, all the Christmas items, life memorabilia, etc. When the time came for us to put our house on the market, we did a walkthrough with our realtor friend of ours. She was very complimentary to what we had done with the house. She thought it would be an easy sale. And as time proved out, it was. We sold the house to the first person who looked at it on the first day it was on the market and for the asking price. But when she got to the detached garage in the walkthrough, her face showed her shock. I'm being dead serious. It was as if she was looking at someone showing her an injured leg wound. She told us that the garage must be cleaned out, that it would be a real detriment to the sale of the home. Fourteen years of living in that home had brought with it an accumulation of a lot of stuff. The space we had could support the glut. It absorbed the impact of busy lives that struggled to rotate and circulate the stuff to find that one thing we needed that we struggled always to find. The stuff had become an impediment to a high quality of life, not an enhancement. So... My wife and I, we went to war against the stuff in our garage and ultimately the stuff in our home that we did not need. It was shocking how much stuff we gave to others in need, mission organizations who help those in need, and the trash. The sale of our home forced us to begin the good cathartic process of keeping only those things that add value to our life. It really has been invigorating to have the privilege to look at our possessions and pare down our footprint on the earth and seek to live as lightly as possible. Since moving to Nashville two and a half years ago, we have continued to systematically go through the possessions we moved with us in that one 26-foot rider truck that was packed wall-to-wall and floor-to-ceiling. The house and storage capabilities here in Nashville are one-third the capacity of our home in Texas. It is astounding that it has taken us two and a half years to finally turn the corner on only maintaining the things that add value to our lives. We have been working through the stuff of our lives diligently with great intentionality. My wife and I just celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary last month. Forty years of marriage can produce a lot of life stuff. We still have some things to evaluate, but my wife and I are feeling so much lighter in relationship to things. My podcast today is not a rant against wealth, large houses, or lots of possessions. God is the judge of each person's soul regarding your relationship to things. You may just have one thing, but if it's an idol to you, a replacement of God in any way, then it's sin. As the minimalist question, do you own your possessions or do your possessions own you? Friend, all of us need to live lives of excellence. In a very real sense, we all are just camping on this earth, waiting for our transition to our final destination. As the saying goes, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1-10. through He writes, For we know that if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal dwelling in the heavens, not made with hands. Indeed, we groan in this tent, desiring to put on our heavenly dwelling, since when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Indeed, we groan while we are in this tent, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed so that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. So we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to Him." For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. The word destroyed in regard to our earthly tent is the idea to strike down a tent. In other words, to take a tent down, a breaking of camp. In Insight for Today, a daily devotional by Pastor Chuck Swindoll, on June 1, 2017, Swindoll wrote in the devotion titled Principles, Deciding to be free, to think and live independently, To soar above the masses is always a costly decision. In today's vernacular, committed individuals live with shallow tent pegs. They may own things, but nothing owns them. They have come to terms with merchandise that has a price tag and opted for commitment to values that are priceless. Denying oneself is not to be equated with losing one's uniqueness or becoming of no value. There have been great people in each generation who modeled self-denial as they made significant contributions to humankind. Chief among those models in history is Jesus Christ himself. He is our champion of self-denial, the one to whom we look for guidance and strength in such a great task. And he is the king who has already determined what it will take to encounter and triumph over life's enemies. And what will it take? A few strong, quality-minded champions whose commitment is solid as stone. And the cost will be great, My friend, my prayer for each of us is that we will live life with shallow tent pegs and decide to be free to think and live independently and to soar above the masses and follow our King Jesus as champions who live lives of excellence, both in this life and the life to come. In the words of the minimalists, getting started is as simple as asking yourself one question. How might your life be better if you own fewer material possessions? And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.